everybody. Welcome into Season 5, Episode 2 of Eagles Enemies, presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's your boy KB, back at it again. Eagles preseason, still going, still going strong. We've got an excellent, excellent conversation this week for Week 2 of the preseason, Eagles-Browns, with my new friend, new member of the Eagles Enemies family, uh, Noah Weisskopf, on Twitter, at Browns with Noah. Uh, he is a contributor, reporter for Dog Pound Daily, uh, part of Fan Sided, and he's also interning for Jordan Schultz, ladies and gents. Noah's one of the brightest minds in the NFL game. He's 19 years old, and you'll hear about it during the conversation, but he is doing a fantastic job covering the Cleveland Browns with everything they have going on around them with the entire media circus, all the just ridiculousness surrounding Deshaun Watson. And ridiculousness, I mean, it's ridiculous that he's going to be playing this season. Uh, we recorded this episode before the uh, agreement that he and the NFL came to, so keep that in mind. Uh, but we dive into the matchup, get a lot of information about the Browns as well. It's a very fun conversation. And Noah told me when we finished recording uh, that his number two team is the Philadelphia Eagles. So Noah, appreciate you, brother. But before we get into this, guys, make sure you're following us on the socials uh, at Underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram. Tweet at me, KBIZZL311, to let me know throughout this Eagles season if there's somebody I should have on covering one of the opponents the Eagles play this year, if I should have them on as a guest on Eagles Enemies. Uh, you know, regular season slowly approaching, only one more preseason game after this Browns game, so we're getting into the thick of it. Subscribe to the podcast feed, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia, you'll get that podcast feed available to you, and of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, smash that like button, click the bell icon so you don't miss a single episode of Eagles Enemies or any of your favorite Underground Sports Philadelphia shows. Now, without any further ado... Let's get into it with my man Noah talking about Eagles-Browns. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Eagles unfortunately lost that first preseason game, but it's the preseason, but Jalen Hurts was perfect uh, in his debut. But next game on deck, it's the Cleveland Browns, a team the Eagles don't necessarily see all the time. They did play back in 2020 during the regular season, uh, but we get a preseason matchup with a new-look Browns team uh, in many different facets. And I'm joined by one of the youngest in the game covering the Cleveland Browns. My man, Noah Weisskopf, joins me now. And Noah, first of all, welcome to the show. Uh, and secondly, the Cleveland Browns have a brand new era about them heading into 2022. Give me the latest on what it's been like covering this team as it has been quite the carousel this offseason with a number of moves that this team has made. Yeah, well, thanks for having me first off. And um, it's been nuts. Like, every day it seems like it's something new. Um, nobody really knows what's next ever. And most of the stuff is just like, hey, we think this is going to happen. We think this is going to happen. And then none of it ends up happening. Um, it, the When they first traded for Watson, it was like a lot of fans were pretty excited, honestly. And it was like, we got our franchise guy. This is it. And we're all great. And then now... I think that more fans are leaning towards that they're not a fan of it. Um, it's all dragged on all off season. And um, it's just, it's been there around the team. It's just been a lot of drama around the team. And I don't, I, there's, there's a really, really good amount of people in Cleveland that are not a fan of this and want this all to be done. 
and don't want him here at all. Don't want him to ever play. Um, but then there's a good amount of fans as well that are just like, let's get this over with, get him on the field and try to win games. Something we haven't done in a while. <laughs> when when this move all happened, were you surprised kind of just about the way that the Browns went about going and acquiring him? Obviously, Baker Mayfield was still on the team. He's now in Carolina. What was what were your initial thoughts on, you know, just the unravelings of the entire, you know, acquiring process of Deshaun Watson, knowing everything that was on the table with him, with everything going on off the field, with all of the allegations and everything? What were your initial thoughts? So to say I was shocked would be a complete understatement. Um, I couldn't believe it when they when they ended up trading for him. And I saw, um, I think Schefter broke it or someone like that. It was just unbelievable. Because um, the day before, or a couple of days before, they were ruled out. And everyone here was like, okay, like let's get Baker's going to enter his last year of his, his contract and he's going to play here and uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, when they, when they made the move for him, everyone knew that Baker's time was done. Um, Watson was going to come in, but I don't think anyone realized at the time that how much of this was behind Watson. Um, but fans didn't really have the chance to uh, debate it at that time. Cause it, I mean, it was just like, okay, we got a 26, however, 26 year old quarterback. Um, and he hasn't played in a year, so we're getting him and we're going to try to win a Super Bowl with him was, I think most of the fans thoughts, but, um, yeah, it just so much behind him that nobody really realized. And I don't think anyone knew that he would be a Cleveland Brown because they were ruled out. And I know that, um, during the whole, the couple days before he made his decision, it was like, Cleveland is a cold weather city. He wasn't a fan of that. Um, which is a fact, he was not a fan of that, but I think that the roster here was so overwhelming for him. And of course the 230 million guaranteed was like, that's it. 230 million guaranteed. I'm coming for whatever, whoever, whatever team it is. Right. Um, you know, covering this team and, you know, being around them as much as you are, do you find it difficult to, you know, kind of navigate how to discuss Deshaun Watson with everything still kind of ongoing and everything like that? Yeah, I don't I don't give any opinion on like any of the things specific to what he's been through. Um, I more just cover and report on the facts um, and definitely stay away from the opinion stuff. And there's a lot of comments and that kind of stuff on Twitter, Instagram, all the social media sites. But I, I, I tend to shy away from that kind of stuff. And just my my what I do is just report on the facts, report on the team. I don't I'm not getting into whether he was whether he did it, whether he didn't. None of that. So. Yeah. And for everybody listening and watching, it's super impressive what Noah's doing covering this team. He's 19 years old, which is just blows my mind. We were talking before we started recording. Uh, it's super impressive with what Noah's doing covering the Browns. Um, but not only did this team acquire Deshaun Watson, there's a, a slew of moves that were made. And I think one that kind of gets forgotten just because it happened so long ago, Amari Cooper's now a Cleveland Brown. Yeah, um, that was, I think, the first move, one of the first moves they made in the offseason. And it all kind of came together quick when the rumors were swirling that he was going to be out of Dallas. I think Browns fans, as they do for every single player, whoever would be rumored to be out of somewhere, oh, let's bring him to Cleveland. Um, so, of course, everyone was like, let's bring him to Cleveland. It would be perfect. We need a wide receiver after um, OBJ left and then after Jarvis Landry had his whole situation in Cleveland and ended up going on to New Orleans. Um that, kind of, that one kind of came out of nowhere, too. I think a day or two before, maybe, there was a reporter or a reporter, too, that um, he would maybe be or he would maybe be on his way to Cleveland. But I think there were a couple other teams in the mix. 
And um, it just made a lot of sense. Now looking back at it, Andrew Barry made the move, didn't give up too much. And um, he's on a, he has, he's getting a lot of money, but they did restructure his contract um, this off season. So it's a little bit more team friendly, but they needed a true ride receiver one. They thought that's what OBJ was when he was brought in. And um, it didn't obviously did not work out. So um, they're really hoping that Amari Cooper is going to be here for a long time and that he's going to be that true number one wide receiver. Yeah, and I mean, Eagles fans can attest, we thank the Cleveland Browns for getting Amari Cooper out of the NFC East and out of Dallas because uh, he always just found a way to absolutely destroy us anytime we matched up with the Cowboys. But I mean, a lot of people forget too, Amari Cooper's been in the NFL for a long time, but he's only 28 years old. Like he's one of those like old young guys where it feels like he's been in the NFL for like a decade and a half, but he's only 28 and he's kind of just entering the prime of his career where, you know, no matter who's playing quarterback, we've seen that throughout his career, he finds ways to be successful on the field. And I think that was a massive upgrade at the wide receiver position for the Browns this offseason, no matter who was going to be the quarterback, whether it was Baker, Deshaun Watson, or somebody that you wrote about recently that I was very intrigued by. You brought up the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, where if Deshaun Watson is suspended for the entire year, the Browns could potentially be a player to go and get Jimmy G. Yeah, so my whole thing with that is it just makes too much sense. Um, I, From everything that I've seen and heard, I, I don't think that it's very likely as of now. Um, but just from my personal opinion, just making sense of the whole thing, he's never going to play a snap in San Francisco again. And um, I don't think personally that Andrew Barry would, would give up any draft compensation to get him. Um, so it would probably be more of a waiting game to see if he gets released. Um, but obviously, once he gets released, there's going to be more competition for him. But I think that even for Jimmy G, Cleveland makes the most sense. Um, if Watson suspended 12 games or up, I'd say probably um, Jimmy G coming here, it's just it would be a perfect world for him to play one to play for most of the season, probably the whole season, if, unless Watson and they can come to a settlement, which is ongoing right now. But Jimmy G, the system that they run here is very, very similar to Kyle Shanahan's system in San Francisco. Um, he knows how to win. This roster is ready to win right now, and um, he could play for one year and then hopefully get a bigger contract extension if he plays well here next offseason. So, yeah. That move intrigued me a lot when I saw you know that article uh, on Dog Pound Daily from you. I, I never really thought to piece those two together simply because everybody – in my, you know, circles covering the Eagles and, you know, tweeting about the Eagles and everything, everyone's like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is destined to be a New York Giant. And we don't want that because we want Daniel Jones to just fail. Um, <laughs> no offense to Daniel Jones, but everyone talks about the Giants being a perfect fit and like this, that, and the third. And it's like, well, there is a team in Cleveland that is still kind of in quarterback turmoil one way or another. Um, so that's very interesting to me. And I think Jimmy G, you know, hypothetically with – Guys like Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Nick Chubb. Uh, that makes a lot of sense with his skill sets playing with those kind of players. Right. And I um, I, I really think that if, he's, if Watson's suspended for a whole year, to me it doesn't make any sense to roll with Jacoby Brissett for an entire season. Um, he's a quarterback that can give you 8, 10 games and give you a 500, maybe a little even above 500 record. But to me, if Watson has a full-year suspension – and Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski tell the team that we're going to roll with Jacoby Brissett for an entire season and just hope that he brings you to the playoffs 
and brings you to wherever they want to be, which is obviously the Super Bowl. But we that's not very realistic that Jacoby Brissett can do all that. Um, to me, it's just sending the wrong message to some of these players like Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, who are in the prime of their career, um, just almost, I don't want to say wasting, but almost wasting a season of their prime. To me, like Jacoby Brissett just makes too much sense. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's a smart move that, you know, hopefully if the Browns front office is listening to this because there are Philadelphia connections with uh, Stefanski and with Andrew Barry, hey, Jimmy G could be a guy for them. Um, were you surprised Davion Clowney came back? Not too surprised, especially when the Watson stuff dropped. I, I was for sure he's going to come back. Uh, Miles Garrett did a lot of recruiting this offseason to try to get him back. And, um, of course, as usual, Clowney takes his sweet old time in free agency. But, yeah, I mean, I, I want another one-year prove-it deal. Um, he'll try to have another big season across from Miles Garrett. And then hopefully next offseason, like he's been looking for for the past few years, get a big payday next offseason. And another guy that, you know, potentially allegedly looking to get out of Cleveland, Kareem Hunt. Do you think there's some truth to that? Is it something that seems likely or is that kind of just a a leveraging thing for Kareem Hunt to kind of, you know, get the, the money he's been looking for? Or do you think there's some real traction to that? He could be traded. Yeah. So I I don't really think that he's going to be moved. Um, The Browns want to let him play out the final year of his deal and want him to contribute to the team this season. Um, They have no interest in moving him and a running back who's getting up there in age, not up there yet, but getting up there in age um, just has not, not too much worth in the NFL um, trade wise, like maybe a fifth round pick um, because running backs come and go so quickly. But I know this off season I was out at, um, he did a youth football camp at his alma mater in Willoughby. It's in, in Cleveland. And um, he told, he told me like, he just doesn't, he wants to be here. This is where he wants to be. He just wants a little bit, of security down the road. Um, he's not looking for a ton of money. Uh, he just wants some security to be here and to play in his, in his hometown, the, the team that gave him a second chance from Kansas city. Um, but I, as of now, it doesn't look like the Browns have any interest in doing that, or at least they want to wait until next off season to potentially give him an extension. Um, they're giving Nick Chubb top dollar and in an analytics based front office that we have here, um, they, they just have no real interest in paying two running backs and they feel that Nick Chubb can take most of the work, which obviously we've seen that he can. And um, they have a ton of really, really talented players behind him with Jerome Ford, who broke out in our first preseason game in Cleveland. And then um, Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton. So that running back room is pretty loaded with all of those guys. Dearness Johnson, fantasy football legend from 2021. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about Denzel Ward. He's a guy that has, truly just proven every single doubter wrong since he got drafted a lot of people were confused by that pick uh being that he's only 5'11 how can you draft a 5'11 corner to be your shutdown guy he's proven to be one of the most consistent one of the best lockdown corners in the entire NFL uh just tell me just about how he's looked and how he's continued to progress and just silence the haters year in and year out he has not this offseason been practicing too much or in training camp, not this offseason. Um, due to injury, he through his career in Cleveland, it's been it's when he's on the field, he's phenomenal. But it's he's had a lot of soft tissue injuries and stuff like that um, that have kept him off the field for between four, six games every year. Um, but yeah, when he's on the field, it's it's amazing what he can do at his size. Um, 
He went to Ohio State, grew up in Cleveland, went to Ohio State, got drafted by the Browns, signed a big money deal with the Browns. Um, he loves Cleveland, and he's, he's really a phenomenal player. But again, it's just being able to stay healthy and um, gra- drafting Greg Newsome last um, in, the, in the draft last year. I think that was a, a really big move for this front office to be able to put him next to a player that of almost his of his um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but they're both very 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 talented players, and if they're both on the field, then that's two lockdown defenders on each side of the field in the outside. So this defense is really improving with those two on the outside, and um, it's just a matter of staying healthy for the both of them. And then last bit on the the offense as well. You know, David Njoku has been kind of a, a mainstay for the Cleveland Browns over the past few seasons. He's back, uh, but obviously the the Austin Hooper experience didn't work out uh, like a lot of people intended it to. Harrison Bryant right now listed as kind of the, the tight end two opposite of Njoku. What's kind of the tight end situation for this Browns team heading into, you know, this matchup against the Eagles and then obviously for the season as a whole? Yeah, so they have a lot of tight ends right now on their roster. Um, they really like David Njoku, given they extended him. Um, just his his like physical traits. He's a very tall wide receiver. Um, he can go up and make the catches over defenders in the end zone. Um, so they really like him. And then Harrison Bryant's going to get a big workload too now that Austin Hooper's gone. And even under them, there's several players that they have at tight end that they need to make a decision on to keep for tight end three. So it's, it's really actually interesting competition there. Um, and we know Kevin Stefanski likes to use those three tight end sets, two tight end sets. So um, they're going to keep another tight end, maybe even two. Um, and so we'll have to wait and see throughout the preseason and training camp who, who elevates their game and gets a roster spot at tight end. This defense, I feel like going into every season, probably since Miles Garrett arrived, doesn't get a lot of talk. And then as the season rolls on, a lot of people catch on that this Cleveland Browns defense is pretty freaking good. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what this iteration of the defense is going to look like this year. Some new names out there as well. Um, but what is what is this uh, you know projection for the 2022 Cleveland Browns defense looking like? I mean, I know for sure the players, like those defensive guys think that they're they're the best. They're, I mean, they're the best defensive group in the league. And um, that's really what the team is expecting from them. They want a top five defense. And um, with the talent on that defense, and as, if, as long as everyone's healthy, like they have the potential to be one of the best defenses in this league. Um, with Miles Garrett rushing the passer and then opposite him, Jadavion Clowney, like just that up front is very, very, very solid for the defense. And then um, with their linebackers, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, a guy that's going to take a huge step this year and um, a phenomenal player, sideline to sideline linebacker that can fly to the football. Um, And then the corners we talked about and even like safeties, John Johnson and Grant Delpit, who Grant Delpit hasn't had much time playing. He He had an injury after he was drafted and then he played a little bit last season, but still dealt with injury. So as long as those guys in the secondary can stay healthy and then those guys on the outside rushing the passer can keep on doing what they're doing. Um, it's going to be really, really nice to see what this defense can do. And then inside, um, just a lot of guys that they want to see get the opportunity. Um, Jordan Elliott was an Andrew Barry third-round pick, and um, they're really high on him out of Missouri. And so this year, he's going to get the starting role along with Taven Bryan, who they signed this offseason, who they also really like, who's a former first-round pick from Jacksonville. Um, so those two guys up front, and then they're going to have a nice rotation with Tommy Togiai and um, some other guys behind them. But 
just an overall solid. They have a lot of depth on the defense, um, probably bracing themselves for the injuries that will come eventually. Um, but yeah, they, they really think that they could be top notch. And I mean, you're going to have to be top notch if you're the Browns in this division now, especially with how, you know, quickly the Bengals have been able to put things together. The Ravens have been around for, you know, almost two decades, just being one of the most consistent teams in the NFL. And then, I mean, the Steelers defensively are still very, very solid. Obviously, new quarterback coming in. But the AFC North, I think, is one of the most competitive and overall just, like, grittiest divisions that you're going to have to, you know, slog through for an entire season. Yeah, you get eight games against those teams, and not one of them is ever a guaranteed win. I mean, it's like every game in the AFC North can go either way, regardless of where you're playing. Weather is always a factor. Um, so yeah, just a very, very competitive, gritty, like you said, division. And, um, but the t- they love it. I mean, the players I know for a fact love it and love the competition in this division and, uh, the rivalries. And I mean, like you said, the, the Steelers have a new quarterback, but like they're, they'll find a way to finish 500 again. Like they always do. So like this, th- I mean, all, all the teams in this division have the capability to be a playoff team, which is just crazy. Is it exciting now for, Browns fans for this team like do the players get excited knowing that at the same time it's happening that both teams in Ohio are very very good football teams yeah I mean it's definitely exciting and again like these AFC North matchups are just so so amazing and um the Bengals the they call it the um Ohio I don't remember what the battle of Ohio I think it Mm -hmm. is when they play each other and um yeah, the Bengals really – I mean, the Browns have had the Bengals number for a number of years now, but the Bengals are really, really talented. And um, I know in the past week or two, there's been some um, social media stuff between Jamar Chase and uh, Denzel Ward, and Greg Newsom got in on the action and stuff like that. So it's just great competition. And um, Joe Burrow, I mean, they, they have a squad over there too. So It's exciting. And, you know, going into preseason game number two, Eagles-Browns, uh, now that there's only three preseason games, unless you're playing in the Hall of Fame game, what are your expectations going into Sunday, which is also kind of weird that we have a preseason game on a Sunday? Uh, you know, what are your expectations from this team going into that matchup on Sunday? What are you looking to see from the guys? Because now preseason game number two is kind of treated like old school preseason game number three, where you might see some, you know, extended play from starters and everything like that who kind of need reps or anything. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from the Browns going into Sunday? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple of storylines heading into the game, but um, Kevin Stefanski has not yet told the media um, what the plan is at quarterback and stuff like that, which we're still waiting on. But it should be really interesting because Deshaun played almost the whole first quarter, I think it was. I think it was about half the first quarter maybe in the first preseason game. Did not look very well, did not look very good. Um, but there were a couple drop passes and stuff like that. But Jacoby Brissett didn't get any time, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, he was just there on the sideline with the headset on. But this week, starting in this week after the game in training camp, Brissett has started to get a majority of the first team reps, which he hadn't been getting before. It was pretty much split down the middle um, with even Watson getting a little bit more than him. So it looks like the Browns are bracing for the suspension. He's going to be out six games either way. So Brissett is getting most of the first team work now. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if he even plays this weekend, because I don't know if the Browns are going to want 
we're set to go into week one in Carolina and just him not have any reps in the, in the preseason. So I'm expecting to see a little bit of him, but um, Josh Dobbs behind him had a really, really good game against the Jaguars, just moving the ball down the field. Um, a couple other guys that I know are storylines here, Anthony Schwartz wide receiver. He had a couple of big drops um, and he mentioned that in his presser the other day at camp that he thinks he got into his head too much. So I'll look for him to bounce back. And um, on the defensive side, I'll go with um, Martin Emerson, the rookie corner. He had a big interception, just ripped it out of the guy's hand and ran it back the other way. Um, so he's been playing really well. I'll look to see him continue to do what he does. And then a guy named DeAnthony Bell is a safety who made a couple of big plays last week. So we'll see him again. And um, like a lot of the depth guys that'll get to have a run for it and try to prove their worth this weekend when it comes to this Browns offense and seeing you know some of the the viral clips from the Eagles in in practice and training camp what are you most you know looking forward to seeing how this Browns offensive line kind of treats the Eagles defensive line which has kind of been one of the mainstays of the Eagles franchise for as long as I can remember in terms of just having depth having a, a number of rotational pieces along that defensive line and most notably how do you plan on this Browns offensive line trying to stop a 300-pound train coming at them? And uh, that train's name is Jordan Davis. Yes, yeah, so he's on the inside, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting because the Browns starting center, Nick Harris, um, got hurt, and he's going to be out for the year. He suffered a knee injury um, on one of the – I think it was the second offensive snap in the game. So he was their starting center after they released J.C. Treader this offseason. They wanted to give the younger guy a look. And um, he's going to be out for the year. And then they drafted a seventh-round rookie, Dawson Deaton, who is also a center, who is probably going to be a third string. Um, he suffered a torn ACL in practice this week. So they are down two centers. And the only guy that they have right now is Ethan Pochich, is his name, Pochich. Um, they signed him this offseason from the Seahawks. He's gotten a lot of time as a starter. Um, they're comfortable with him, but I think it's also interesting to see if the Browns go and call J.C. Treader back and say, hey, would any interest in coming back here? But we haven't heard much on that front. But it'll be interesting to see Jordan Davis against like an Ethan Pochich um, on the inside. And then even on the outside, Jedrick Wills has done a lot of work this offseason. He hasn't had the start to his career that he's wanted with injuries and just not performing up to par. Um, but he's done a lot of work this offseason and will – maybe be able to see him on um, some of the Eagles edge rushers as well. And then just matchup wise, what are some things you want to see from this Browns offense with guys that you're expecting to play on Sunday going up against this Eagles defense? Um, it's a good question. I don't, I really want to see Anthony Schwartz. Like I mentioned, make some plays. Um, like he said, he's, he's gotten in his head a little bit too much and um, hopefully he can make some big plays. Let me think of other players. I if Jacoby Brissett does play a little bit, just to see him be able to move the offense down the field a little bit. Um, we didn't see that at all from Watson. Uh, so if Brissett comes in there, just make a, make a few, like get a few first down conversions, depending on how much he plays, hopefully punch the ball in the end zone. But then I'm, I'm also excited to see the running backs continue to do what they do because they're also in a competition. Like all they have a lot of solid guys and they are not promised a roster spot. So we'll see what happens there with Jerome Ford, hopefully continuing what he did last weekend. And Dearness Johnson, he had a fumble last week. So we'll see him hopefully bounce back. Um, but I know the Eagles have a much improved defense, so it, it should be really it should be really fun. And that's my biggest hope is that Jacoby Brissett plays because 
He's an NFL-proven veteran quarterback, has played in big games in the NFL. I want to see this Eagles defense, whether it's you know some of the starters or a lot of the backup guys, getting an opportunity to play against a guy who has a number of you know games played under his belt in real-life NFL action, as well as somebody like a Dearness Johnson, who last year stepped up admirably in the absences of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and everything like that, to kind of get this defense acclimated to... Uh, you know, players who have NFL, you know, regular season game experience under their belts. That's what I'm looking forward to from this Eagles defense, especially with some of the younger pieces across the board, uh, you know, suiting up on Sunday. And then on the flip side, what are you looking for from this Browns defense going up against an Eagles offense that is much improved? You know, we don't know if we're going to see, you know, too much of Jalen Hurts, too much of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae didn't play in that first game, so maybe we'll see him uh, suit up on Sunday, but what are some things you're trying to take away from this Browns defense going up against, you know, a very unique and very, you know, speed filled Eagles offense? Yeah, I think that the biggest thing I'm, I'm looking forward to is the defensive ends again. Um, they have a, a lot of guys behind Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney who are also fighting for spots. Um, uh, one big name is Isaac Rochelle, who I, I think a ton of people know now because of his presence on social media, but he had a couple of sacks and he had a big game last week. Um, but then other than that, just ev- just everyone playing solid. I don't think I'm looking for anything specific, really hoping for no injuries because it's just this whole offseason since training camp started has just been injury after injury after injury. Um, so I think just an overall solid game I'm looking for for the defense. They played pretty well against the Jaguars um, after that first possession. So, yeah, just just a solid game, and hopefully that the Eagles bring out some of their starters and they 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 get competition. So, but I think that the joint practices tomorrow and um, Friday will be a much much better indication. We'll see a lot more of the uh, the starters getting time and starter against starter competition. It is very interesting you bring up the joint practice because uh, Steelers legend Cam Hayward tweeted today, "I hate joint practices," and then uh, Darius Slay quote tweeted said, "Man." You're not lying. (laughs) Um, So it's interesting to kind of see like the player's perspective on the joint practices as well. Um, Who was was kind of like your X factor, you know, player to watch for Browns fans, for Eagles fans out there. Uh, One on the offense, one on the defense that you're looking forward to uh, seeing suit up on Sunday for the Browns. Um, Like I keep mentioning, I think Anthony Schwartz is one of them and maybe even Donovan Peoples-Jones at wide receiver. my guy. I love Donovan. Yeah, so I don't know if we'll see him suit up, but we might. And um, for sure, Anthony Schwartz will be out there trying to redeem himself. Um, on the defensive side, I'll go with DeAnthony Bell, who I mentioned a little bit earlier as a safety who's been making a lot, a lot of big plays this this, um, this training camp. And then A.J. Green is also another guy at corner who is fighting for a job. But I, it, as of now, it looks pretty safe that he'll be able to make this team as a corner behind Greedy, um, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. He's been playing really, really well this offseason, and the Browns really like him. So I'll be looking to see to see him. He might match up against some of the uh, wide receiver ones for the Eagles who are out there. So definitely him. And um, Isaac Rochelle, like I mentioned earlier, to try to um, continue to make his case for making the roster, which seems to be pretty sh- a, a pretty sure thing right now. And not to uh, confuse uh, Cincinnati Bengals fans, that is not – the AJ Green who do what you do in the commercials. It's a different AJ Green, which is very funny that it's uh, an AJ Green playing in uh, Ohio again. Uh, no, whenever I have anybody on Eagles enemies, I try to uh, bring up a quirky, fun, hypothetical, very fun question to kind of dive into. Uh, you know, 
being that you are the young reporter that you are, uh, if you were, you know, kind of starting your own media, you know, network or anything, what current Cleveland Brown would you want to be part of your network and why? Oh man. Um, that's a great question. Honestly, I have to say Nick Chubb because he is known as the quiet guy, the guy that doesn't say anything. But when he's with his teammates, I know for a fact he's going on and on um, in that locker room. And I, from what I've heard, he's, he's a really funny guy. So I think it would be really fun to have him and see if I can get him to open up and so everyone else can see that he's not always this like down, just never talking, hardworking guy, which obviously he is on the field, but then off the field to see him talk and hopefully crack a couple of jokes if this were to happen and stuff like that. So I think that Nick Chubb would be a fun one. But then also Kareem Hunt, who's the complete opposite of him, would be a great time too, who's always talking, never stops. Um, so those two guys I think would be fun, but Nick Chubb would be my guy for that. So there it is. If you see a, a future podcast or something with Nick Chubb and Noah, you heard it here first, ladies and gents. Noah, let everybody know where they can check out everything you're doing covering the Cleveland Browns the way you are. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, plug your Twitter. Plug everywhere you're you know covering for. And I know you're interning for a pretty big name out there in the industry as well. Yes, yeah, so I appreciate it. I'm interning for Jordan Schultz. He's um, an NFL insider. Um, I've had a great time this summer working with him. But then Instagram and Twitter, um, it's at Browns with Noah. Um, I've been doing a lot more work on Twitter recently, so that's really where I'm trying to start hitting a little bit more. And then at dogpounddaily.com, um, I write articles there from time to time about certain things and just about sometimes even debate type of stuff just to see where fans are at with that kind of stuff. But yeah, Instagram, Twitter, at Browns with Noah, and then Dog Pound Daily, you can find a lot of my other work there. Noah's doing a fantastic job covering the Browns, so make sure you're following him. And uh, Noah, Sunday's going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll be uh, you know, tweeting up a storm about the game. And keep doing what you're doing, man. You're 19, and you're doing big things already. So I'm excited to you know, continue following along with everything you're doing. Good luck this semester at Ohio State. And uh, keep crushing it with the Browns coverage. You're now my go-to guy for the Cleveland Browns. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Big shout out to my man Noah for hopping on the show this week and just being an absolute stud at the young age of 19. My man is crushing the game and uh, you guys should be following him on Twitter at Browns with Noah. Uh, another week of Eagles enemies in the book for season five. Eagles Browns is going to be interesting. This is an opportunity where we're going to get a chance to see starters a little bit more than usual being that this is now kind of preseason game number three for the old school way of the preseason. Um, it was just announced as I record the intro and outro that Jacoby Brissett will not be playing in the game, uh, against the Eagles because he's probably going to be starting the next 11 weeks for the Cleveland Browns. So that's a little bit of a bummer as we talked about during the episode that I would like to see the Eagles play against Jacoby Brissett with some of these guys to get an opportunity to play against a quarterback who has NFL experience under his belt, like no other. Um, but I'm excited for this matchup. I'm excited to see how, you know, some of these Eagles players that are, you know, trying to make the roster really work out and, you know, get that extended playing time, uh, a weird Sunday preseason game. Um, but nonetheless, it's going to be an exciting time. And uh, I can't wait for, uh, you know, me to just continue to be right about Jalen Hurts if he plays. And if he doesn't, so what? Let's just, you know, 
Let's focus on the regular season. Let's not make narratives about the the preseason and everything. Let's just wait till the regular season gets here to get these takes off. But thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of Eagles Enemies. Uh, if you're going to be watching the game, tweet at me. Let's have some fun conversations. If you're an Eagles fan, if you're a Browns fan, let's have some fun on the Twitter machine. You can follow me at KBIZZL311. Follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. That's for Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave those five-star ratings and reviews. It really does go a long way. Helps the show, you know, get more eyeballs, get more ear holes uh, involved. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. Comment down below your thoughts on this upcoming preseason matchup uh, for Eagles-Browns. And let me know if there's anybody out there that we should get on, especially since we're in the YouTube space now. If there's a team that the Eagles play this year, and there's a big YouTuber out there covering a specific team. I'd love to have them on as well. Let's grow this thing. Season 5 of Eagles Enemies is in full swing, and we'll be back at it again next week for the preseason finale of Season 5. But until then, I'm your boy KB, Eagles-Browns on Sunday. Till then, I'm getting the heck out of here. Go Birds! <laughs>